those lovely notes from Giuseppe Verde. Meantime, for another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast by fans for fans of Calcio at the highest level. I'm Frank Ravello. Glad you've uh, clicked on and gotten stuck in with us. And as always, I've got fellow Calcio consultant Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. Como stai? Ah, bene, bene, bene. E tu? Uh, molto bene, grazie. It's, it's all good, Frank. I'm, it's uh, the weekend, so I can't be uh, too sad about it, though it is Sunday night. Yeah, you know, it's it's been another uh, another interesting weekend of uh, of Syria, and just when we think we're going to have everything figured out and formalized, we got a few curveballs thrown at us this weekend. So that is why uh, I grabbed some wine tonight. Yeah, I am. I am having a beer. Um, I am having actually. I was. Uh, thrilled that the the grocery store that I frequent had a six pack of this because it, it's uh, Anchor Steam. Have you had it before? I have not. Okay, it's a it, it San Francisco brewed in San Francisco in a microbrewery. I this was the beer I was drinking in Vegas. Um, you know the places that I works going though it was like eight dollars or nine dollars for a bottle of Anchor Steam. At, you know in Vegas and there's so. <laughs> I was very thrilled to buy a six pack today for for about eleven bucks. So um, I'll take it. Uh, you know, so uh, just uh, not gonna not gonna tear up the wallet too much. Uh, you know, you know, killing off a few of these. So, um, and what kind of wine? What kind of wine are you drinking? I'm drinking wine from uh, Napa Valley. Actually, this uh, this nice little Italian uh, winery. It's called uh, who I can't remember what the what they're called, but uh, it's very good. Very good. Well, if we're uh, if we're talking about what we're drinking, we clearly don't have a lot on this podcast, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I, is fine because uh, we've had some podcasts where I think people are like, "Gosh, when is this going to end?" So, um, <laughs> but uh, now let's get on to match week thirty six. The headliner, number two, hosting number one, Roma v Juventus. the part where Massimo Macaroni turned off the podcast after hearing that transition music. And now uh, Rajan Anglan in particular is going to be very engaged uh, to this topic. Uh, this was the, the, the script was Juventus was supposed to win. Uh, Juventus was supposed to make quick work of Roma, yep. um, that Roma was going to be mentally fragile for this game. And Juventus was going to get the three points and they were going to you know, celebrate in front of their, you know, one of their runners up uh, on their on their soil. That's the script said, but they they actually have to play these games, Richard. Yeah, um, imagine that. Yeah, and uh, you know, Allegri went with a little bit of a change lineup, maybe with an eye on that Coppa Italia final here coming up midweek against Lazio. Uh, but uh, his tactics and his lineup looked like it was paying off. A brilliant piece of team play, Storaro Iguain. To Lamina. Lo va a cercare, gran palla per lui, l'appoggio, rete! L'appoggio per Lamina che ha seguito l'azione. Juventus in vantaggio, gran dormita qua della difesa giallorossa. Uh, a rare source for a Juventus goal, but a useful one anyway that uh, put the Bianconeri in front. Uh, and all indications were, okay, they got this, they'll close up shop. Roma will get frustrated the rest of the night, right? Wrong. Well, just a few minutes later, some calamitous defending, and we usually don't see that about Juventus, but somebody allowed Monolas to just jump a little bit too higher. Parti cross, il colpo di testa centrale, attenzione, due volte De Rossi, rete, rete, posizione regolare, De Rossi, la Roma pareggia. His headed effort was saved by, Duf- by Buffon, but De Rossi getting 
not one, but two bites of the apple. Buffon deflecting the first one right back into De Rossi, who would eventually not make that same mistake twice, equalizing at one apiece. Uh, that's how it remained until halftime. Uh, second half rolled along, and in the 56th minute, the Pharaoh struck again. Centra, prova il tiro, Sharawi, rete, rete credibile, trova l'angolo, sorprende Buffon, roba in vantaggio. El Sharawi put the hosts in front 2-1, uh, giving the Gialarossi supporters a lot of hope that, so you're saying there's a chance. Well, that hope and that win got cemented just nine minutes later on this beauty from Raja Nangolan. Salah al limite, attenzione, si infila Nangolan, tocca per lui, destra secco, rete, rete, Nangolan non sbaglia, grande scambio, 3 a 1, esplode l'Olimpico. Nice to see, Richard, that he uh, put down his cigarette in time to score that, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that's one of the teams he, he has admitted that he hates, so I guess he decided to show off for this game. <laughs> he had been off the, you know, he had had issues with him scoring goals all of a sudden of late, but I don't think that... He's another one of these guys that and we've talked about him all season long. He doesn't have to show up on the stat sheet uh, to prove his worth and to prove his uh, commitment um, in a game. But it was nice to see him get the goal. Um, 3-1 ended up being the score. There was really not a whole lot to get excited about in the remaining 25 minutes. Uh, Juventus did try to bring – I didn't they try to. They did bring Dybala on. They brought Dani Alves on, who is actually, um, I believe, at fault on one of the goals. And, uh, you know, trying to still make it look like they were trying to get something out of it. But, Richard, uh, did did Roma overcome some things here today? Or were Juventus just on Operation Coppa Italia here and it didn't matter to them what was going to happen here? They still have two games to clinch this thing. Uh, it's a little bit of both because Roma can be helter-skelter. Some, some nights they look amazing like today. And then other times they look like uh, bottom feeders. Um, it was a little bit of that, plus, you know, I think Juve were caught a little bit looking ahead to Coppa Italia, you know, Sebrestin, Dybala, and a couple other guys. Um, so it was a little bit of a mixture of both, and, you know, give all credit to, to Roma for showing up. Like you said, you know, uh, Danny Alves finally did make come on late, um, and he's the one actually kept uh, Nangolan onside, yep. so you know, got that third goal there. So, um, yeah, Allegri didn't get it right today, um, and, you know, all credit to Spalletti. You know, he's he's leaving on, on a good note. But, you know, the one thing I didn't like of the match is that Totti only got three minutes. Uh, and you can see he was clearly, visible, clearly pissed off. As soon as the match ended, he just walked out of the tunnel, didn't celebrate anything. He just left. Um, it was That was disappointing. I would have liked to have seen him be uh, – he deserves for everything he's done uh, for the club. In, in that moment against the team that are still champions-elect, they have a chance to get a few more minutes than he was given. I don't know if you um, noticed, but uh, he was getting ready to come on around like the 50th or 60th minute. And then just, just before El Shari scored – Soon as El Shari scored, he kind of he got set back down and uh, they held him for a little bit longer. And then you know Nangolan scored again, so they even pushed it back further. So yeah, I think it was you know Spalletti could have done a little bit better with that. But this has been the telenovela going on here at Roma uh, between yeah. Totti and Spalletti, and okay, you got to use him, but when do you put him on, kind of thing? Or you know why doesn't he play as much? He's forty years old. How much can he give at this high of a level? This is you know guys are you know playing in MLS now or they're collecting fat money in China at his age or, or, or playing in the, uh, in the UAE. Um, they're not, they're not playing for a team that's a champions, a champions league finisher in a, in a top flight league in Europe. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, 
I, in some cases, I feel bad for Spalletti because he's he's put in this precarious position that, okay, this is the elephant in the room, and you're going to have to address it just about every time, especially in games that you're winning comfortably. There's there's not a minute there's not a minute too early to get him on. And Roma fans probably would have said, okay, Nyngolan got that third goal. We're up by two. Get Totti out there now. All right. Um, where, you know, the reality is, is Spalletti, and I, I, I'm kind of coming to Spalletti's defense here, he's still got a job to do. You know, he's still got to see the three points out. And if he thinks what he has out there is is working and effective, he's not going to pull the trigger on on moving Totti onto the pitch. You know, Spalletti's job is not to cater to the sentiments of Italian football fans. His job is to win football matches, whether he's at Roma or whether he might go to Inter next season or whether he's somewhere else. And so, and, that, and that was a big. This is a big game because earlier in the early in the day, and we'll talk about this later. Um, Napoli actually jumped over Roma, so Roma were actually in third place at the time, and they had to win in order to leapfrog Napoli once more. So, uh, kudos to them for stepping up to the plate because they knew what they had yep. to do. I mean, Juventus's run in for the league. It's Crotone at home and Bologna away, and if they don't get the uh, the required points, they need three points. Something's really wrong with them. I mean, I I, I think they'll sew it up against Crotone next weekend, um, maybe, and that's maybe. that's an interesting thing to say because Crotone's been in very good form. Um, it's funny the Italian football TV guys, you know, uh, the great guys over there today. They tweeted something out and they're saying, you know, people talk about how. Syria is not fun, not competitive. It's within four points right now between first and second, and five points between first and third. Well, it's the closest margin between any of the top leagues around, so it's more competitive than people give credit for. Is Juventus disappointing to you in the sense that it's taking them this long to clinch this Scudetto? We had all this talk about they once they signed Gonzalo Higuain, this, this race was over. Um has it has it disappointed you a little bit that it's taken Juventus this long? I mean, not dis- I mean, it's great for the league in general that there's still a glimmer of a race here, but in the sense of Juventus and maybe what you should expect from them, is it is it disappointing that they that they haven't closed this out yet? I'm sure to Juventini fans all around, it's very disappointing. Um, I'm actually not disappointed only because how of how well Napoli and Roma have played this season, especially Napoli. Yeah. Napoli have been on fire, and they've 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 forced Juventus to keep playing at a high pace, making the making the football all around that much better. Um, so I don't think it's it's Juventus's fault. They've done everything they they could. Yes, they had a couple a couple of hiccups, you know, early in the season with losing to Genoa, losing to Milan, um, but it's more so the impressiveness of what Roma and Napoli have been doing to keep pace with Juventus. So I think that's, those are the two teams that are really at fault for not for Juventus not winning the title yet. I, I just, uh, I, re- I just remember when we had, I think when we did this on Facebook with some of our other Italian, uh, soccer friends, when we were, you know, before we did this pod, um, asking that question, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's have a pool. What, what match week did Juventus clinch this thing? And I did said match week. They just got Pjanic from Roma and yeah. Higuain from Juventus. This thing's already over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so, match week three or something like that. You know, that's what you're expecting. Yeah, I mean, it's a credit to Roma um, that they've been able to go the distance here, um, but it's also an indictment on Roma because a performance like this shows you that they were good enough to challenge Juventus all season long for the title. Yep. It looks like they're going to come up a little bit short. It's still that 
mental fragility that pops up with them in certain games. The home defeat to Napoli was crippling. Um, they figure out how to win that game. It's a one point. It's a one point race with two games to go. Um, and then the uh, the derby loss uh, yeah. at home to Lazio in recent memory. It's just like, you know, they've gone from that to destroying Milan at the San Siro and now winning convincingly here against a Juventus team that, albeit, has changed. It's not Juventus's best eleven, but it's still a win against the team that's going to go on and win the title. And, um, and that's the difference between Juventus and Roma and Napoli is is that mentality. Um, Juventus will not break down like like Juve- like Roma and Napoli have this season at, at different points. They may slip up in a game, but not you know games in a row. They correct. Right. Massimo Allegri has is spot on. He knows how to get the guys right back you know where they should be. So that's that's the really the difference, and that's uh, the four points you see here, which we think would be more, but like you said, it's not. Yep. We're gonna t- we're gonna we're gonna preview. Juventus in the Champions League final here in a couple of weeks. We're not going to get into it too much tonight. Everybody, everybody knows what happens with their Champions League performance. Does it concern you, Richard, that Zinedine Zidane had scouts watching this and might have found some holes to poke? I know the personnel was a little bit different, but um, Roma getting three, uh, Atalanta was able to get two. Um, you know, these are a, you know away fixtures for Juventus, then they're going to play the final on a neutral site. Um, does it concern you that the Real Madrid scouts can can look at this and say, hey, there, there are some holes here. There are some ways to get at these guys. Or do you just do you toss this this particular game out? Um, you toss this particular game out. Um, yeah, maybe gives them, a, you know, this is what could happen if Juventus aren't playing at their top level. Sure, you, this is where this is the chances you can, ex- the areas you can exploit them. But you know, with Allegri, he'll he'll see these same holes as well, and he'll correct them. I mean, he'll have the BBC out there, plus you know Al, uh, Alves and and Alexandra out there. So those gaps, those those mistakes will be minimized when they're all there. Um, but yeah, sure, you know, having the scouts there, being able to see that, that there is a way you can break this break this break down this armor. Um, yeah, I mean, you do got to worry about that, but you know, you expect Juventus to go over to the Madrid matches as well and find holes because you know their defense is not even close to being as good as the Juventus defense. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be all down to to tactics. You know, Allegri's gonna be the master tactician in this, and and Zidane, you know, you have to give him credit; he is the master adjuster, especially at halftime. His teams always seem to do not so well in the first half, and then he makes those perfect adjustments going to the second half, and his teams take over. Um, so yep. it should be a, a good chess match for sure. And again, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a preview of that final uh, uh, programming note. Uh, after match week 38 is played, we will have Mark Neal back with us uh, for a you know final look at the table, a preview of the Champions League final, and our team of the season, uh, which we had been uh, building up. Um, we had three versions of it, and we'll have the final version of it then. So we will do our down and dirty Champions League stuff at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know throw this one out. This isn't the regular Juventus team. If they would have gotten the win, it would have been a bonus. Um, it would have just given them a little more momentum going into the Coppa Italia final, but clearly Allegri, they're trying to win the treble. Yep. Okay. So no reason to play Dybala for 90 minutes in this game. You still got two more cracks at this to clinch it and get three points. Um, you know, no reason to play some of these other guys. Uh, Chiellini was rested. I don't, Benucci was rested too. Um, wasn't he? I didn't, I didn't hear his name. He was, yeah, he uh, wasn't out. Yeah, I don't think he, he was out there. there. It was Benatia. No, he was out there. He was out there. Yeah, Benatia. Benatia. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, Barzali. It was Barzali that was out there. 
yeah. Alexandra wasn't out there. Danny Alves wasn't out there. Uh, Sammy Kadira, um, you know, well, Sammy Kadira has the injury. So, um, you know, so there's a handful of guys here that <clears throat> you'd normally see that uh, didn't appear in this game. So uh, I think they can write it off. Uh, worry about beating Lazio on Wednesday and get, get one of what could be what could be and what will be three uh, trophies getting that treble. So, um, uh, but uh, it makes it eh, somewhat interesting, especially Juve's playing a form team in Crotone next weekend. But if they don't get the three against Crotone, they will get it against Bologna on the last day. So, uh, you know, no concerns here. Uh, so that was the Roma Juventus game. Uh, let's move on to the rest of match week 36. All right, and the action uh, started off on Saturday, and uh, we had a we had a barn burner. We've had a lot of barn burners this season, Richard. It's hard to still uh, refreshing to say that about Syria. I also saw, uh, thanks to this weekend's action, Syria had over a thousand goals this season. Wow, that's that's a lot of goals. Most of them have been Napoli and Torino games, you know. But yeah, there's a lot of goals this year. Not your father, Syria, right? No, not so much. <laughs> and shame on me for last fall saying the goals were going to start drying up and there was going to be a lot of 1-0 games and a lot of tactical chess matches and not having the faith uh, that uh, it, Syria is suddenly an attacking league. So, um, and, you know, very entertaining to, very entertaining on the least, nonetheless. And uh, the first game from Saturday was uh, evidence of that. Fiorentina 3, Lazio 2, goals, saves, and more goals. Duello con Astori, molto più rapido Keita con il destro e stavolta per Tatarusciano non c'è niente da fare. 10 nella ripresa, 15 in campionato per Balde Keita. That goal by Keita Balde opened the scoring in the 55th minute and in a 10 minute span, Kuma Babakar. Lo prova, i pugni di Stracoscia, la ribattuta di Kalinic, posizione regolare, la ribalta, la Fiorentina. That goal by Nikola Kalinic and an own goal by Cristiano Lombardi gave Laviola a 3-1 lead. Suddenly they care, Richard. Yeah, uh, it looks like they are, they actually may want this uh, Europa Europa League spot more than the other two Milan clubs. Somebody's got to have it. We can do one, two, three, four, five, and then just do two sevens if, if <laughs> it makes everybody happy. Maybe. Um, uh, a, a late header. Dentro il pallone, il colpo di testa di Murgia a scavalcare Tatarusciano. La rete del 3 a 2. Lazio che prova a rientrare in partita. By Alessandro Murgia in the 81st concluded the scoring. And at the moment, La Viola pulled equal with Milan for a share of that last Europa League spot. And certainly taking a keen interest on the other game that went, went on on Saturday. And it would end in a little bit of disappointment for Fiorentina, not too much, because it was Atalanta 1, Milan 1. Milan's leader and captain back on the pitch for the first time in seven months. That's right, Ricardo Montalivo. And with his return, Montello tried a three-man defense with Alessio Romagnoli, Christian Zupata, and Gustavo Gomez. Just before halftime, we learned why Juraj Kuchka should never, ever be a wingback. Spinazzola sprinting behind him, uh, leaving Kuchka like he was in cement boots, turning across that Gigi Donnarumma flubbed. Spinazzola dentro, in area di rigore, Spinazzola fino in fondo, Donnarumma, e poi il pallone lì, e arriva Conti, Atalanta 1, Milan 0. And Andrea Conti pounced on the rebound. Three points looked certain for the hosts until 
Padula trova Deulofeu, la finta Deulofeu e la palla in gol ha segnato il Milan con deviazione ma tutto è partito da Gerard Deulofeu, Atalanta 1, Milan 1. A little luck from a Gerard Deulofeu shot found its way into the back of the net. That point guaranteed Atalanta made the Europa League and it put Milan remaining in sixth ahead of Fiorentina for the last spot. Um, what did you make of the Milan 3-5-2? I actually liked it, believe it or not. Um, I thought Gustavo Gomez was uh, played really well in that position. Is is a new position thrown upon him, but I think he did very well. I think he needs to have a better wing back to support him. Kuchka, obviously, like you said, is not the right guy for it. He uh, obviously doesn't have the speed or the uh, the, the the heart to to play that position. I, I would say, um, but you know, it worked out pretty well. I, I see why they did it. They wanted to to clog that middle. You know, um, they did you know stifle Atalanta a bit. Um, I, I so ultimately I did like it, and I, and I think it was it's good for Gustavo Gomez here going forward. Now, can they sustain that for a long time? We'll see, but uh, I like it in the short term. I'm with you, and I thought the only flaw to the formation ended up being the flaw that got exposed. Um, Kuchka being asked to play as a wingback. Um, you know, we Montella tried Poli as a fullback uh, several months ago, and uh, Remember when I, I messaged you when that, I can't remember the game, it was a midweek game, yep. and I messaged you and I said, we're going to lose. Poli's going to get exposed, he is not a right back, Montella is making a huge mistake here. And I think that when I looked at this lineup, I said the same thing. I said, something tells me that this is not going to work out because of Kuchka. Yep. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, not my, you know, I, I don't have a disdain or a hatred for Kuchka. And I did a blog that we're going to talk about a little bit later that <laughs> that's going to probably come up. But uh, no, I don't. I don't hate the guy. I just he's not a wingback. He's no, you know, um, you know. I would have preferred to see if you're going to do that, then Decilio on the right, and then have Vangioni play as a left wingback, uh, and have guys who are natural fullbacks playing that position that can deal with and track those kind of runs. Yep. Um, just like you know, Juve, that was just a, like does. Exactly. That was a square peg in a round hole, and uh, but Milan found a way to snatch a point out of this. Uh, you know, and it was through Delufeu. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that this three, five, two has potential. There are certainly a lot of pieces missing. Um, but I understand the reason for the framework of it to try to neutralize some of the things that Atalanta did. If, uh, Frank Kessie is really coming to Milan next season, uh, I hope he plays every game for Milan. Like he played in this game yesterday. Oh, he is all, he's awesome. He's a beast. He was a beast. He was fantastic. Um, in particular, I thought that Papu Gomez was somewhat neutralized in this game, which was interesting. I thought, obviously, Andrea Conti getting the goal was really good. I thought Spina- yeah. Spinazzola gave them some problems uh, and gave them one or two things to think about, let alone, I mean, the cross that that that, that Donovan flubbed. Um, so, uh, congratulations, Atalanta! You have reached Europe. Um, yes, bravo, bravo! Now the next chance, now the next test is is how many how many of these guys are going to hang around to see it. Uh, or will they see it with another club? So uh, that's the new challenge for Atalanta supporters here as we go. But what a season and what a job by Gasparini uh, to achieve fifth, lock that spot up, and uh, be in the Europa League uh, next season. Uh, great achievement. Let's just hope it's not another Sassuolo story, Richard. Yeah, no, let's let's hope they're a, a new story, kind of like a RB Leipzig in a way, even though they don't have the money that they do. It's just a, a team that no one saw coming, and then boom, they're here. So let's let's see if this. Hopefully, they can add on players and keep it going forward from here on and become challengers for trophies here on out.
yeah, let's see it happen. It's always nice to see a new team get thrown into the mix. Um, you know, and they've, they've, uh, certainly played some really good football in the process too. It's, uh, they haven't, they haven't catenaccioed their way, uh, to this spot, um, which is another redeeming quality of them in my opinion. So speaking of Sassuolo, uh, they kicked off our action on Sunday with a trip to the San Siro to take on Inter. <sighs> Inter. Can we ship them to another league yet, Richard? <laughs> Just, <laughs> if, the season, if the season was any longer, they might be get relegated. That's how bad. This is if they are they are going out of their way to make sure they're not in Europe next season. Uh, and uh, helping out with that is our is Syria sit down's new best friend. Pietro Iamello, he had a brace this time. Last week, we're trying to figure out who the hell he was. I had a little background on him, and now he pops up with a brace. Uh, and uh, Inter supporters were booing. They had an organized walkout and discuss. Everything was going on. So who yeah. is trying to rescue it? Eider! Le sue finte contro Sensi. Eder, calcio! E pallone che termina in rete! Il 2-1 dell'Inter! He still sucks. I don't care how many goals he scored. <laughs> when, when he scored, I, I, just could, I just imagine you like breaking taste whole things. I was like, Frank's going to be pissed off now. The one guy he doesn't like the most uh, is, is scoring goals again. <laughs> well, no, I tweeted. I said, Eider scored. He still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and it saw them. It, it saw them drop below Fiorentina into the sta- in the standings. They're now eighth, and uh, you know, we're going to talk about them a little bit later on too. A lot of, you know, they're looking for a new manager again. Um, it's just it's a it's a house of cards. Who's run? Who, who's even sailing this ship, Richard? I don't even know. Is it is it Zanetti? Is it Osilio? No. They got. They, I think Osilio is the guy that just kind of sets. He's the kind of guy that sits at the table, and, you know, at the meeting, and he says a couple things, and then everybody just kind of looks at him, and then they change. And, and, and as a group, they just change the subject from whatever Osilio was talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. I think it's so. like you're you're here because someone you're here out of you're you're here out of respect, or you're here because someone someone was owed a favor. So say whatever you want. You know, it's not going to it's not going to hold any weight in this room. So just a just a train wreck as a Milan supporter at heart. It's fun to watch uh, as a Serie A supporter. This is one of the big teams. It's it's disgusting. Let's hope these guys get their act together and soon. But it's just it's it's crazy what's going on over there. Um, all right. And then we had the uh, multicultural portion of the program. Uh, Bologna three, Pescara one. Uh, Bologna were buoyed by Miatia Destro. Orgila da dentro per destro! E mette il punto esclamativo sulla sua giornata con la doppietta Mattia Destro! He needed a brace and a goal by Federico Di Francesco to see off the outgoing uh, Pescara. Uh, it was Jan Christoph Bahabek scoring for Pescara. That's all we need to say about this game. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Cagliari 3, Empoli 2. Uh-oh, Empoli. Uh, Marco Sao and... Ancora Farias parte da sinistra, poi il destro di Farias. E arriva il 3-0 del Cagliari. La doppietta di Diego Farias. A brace by Diego Farias, giving Cagliari a 3-0 halftime lead. And there were late goals by Miha Zach. Is that how you pronounce it, Richard? Zach? Sounds good to me. Okay, we'll go with that. Um... <laughs> 
this is the time of year where guys are just dragged off the street and asked to play. So, um, but a guy, not, not, not the other guy who scored for Empoli, he wasn't really dragged off the street, just dusted off. Uh, Massimo Macaroni uh, made it interesting, made it for a grandstand finish, but in the end, the Sardinians uh, ended up getting all three points, putting Empoli in a lot of trouble because Crotone won Udinese nil. Uh, a teammate looking on from the hospital window, Marcus Roden. Palla in mezzo, Falcinelli, rete! Il vantaggio del Crotone con Roden. Un gol importantissimo, mentre perdono Empoli e Genoa. Il Crotone passa in vantaggio al diciottesimo minuto con Marcus Roden. Giving Crotone all the points they would need. This victory continues the impressive six-game unbeaten run by Crotone. And they are now one point behind Empoli and two points behind Genoa. Richard, they got to go to Juventus next weekend. Um, is there still an ultimate escape here in the works? Man, I, I'm not going to go against them right now. I mean, I don't see them beating Juventus by any stretch, but maybe they can pull a draw out. Who knows? Um, anything's possible with this team. They got the willpower on the fire right now, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go against them right now. I'm just gonna just watch and see what they're doing because I'm, I'm excited. I hope they can somehow. Pull a rabbit out of their hat and stay up in the league because uh, they deserve it. They fully deserve it if they, if they, whether they do or they don't. They they put a hell of a fight up. Let's quick look at the run-ins. Okay, let's start with Genoa. Torino home, Roma away. Uh, Ooh, ouch. Could uh, could be possible. Yeah, could be possible. They come out with nothing. Yes. Um, out of that could be very possible. I won't rule it out. Uh, Empoli's run-in last two games, uh, hosting Atalanta. Palermo away. Those 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 trips to the island are still tricky. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then you've got uh, Crotone's run in. Um, we already mentioned that they've got to go to the J. That's going to be no matter what run they're on. That is going to be awfully difficult to them. And then they host Lazio. Um, so someone's going to earn it to stay up. Yeah, I mean, none of these teams have a very easy run in to try to survive this. And uh, you know. I, I hope that Crotone do get out of this, you know, because an Empoli team that struggles, this, although they've been scoring goals the last few weeks, um, and a Genoa team that just has looked totally uninterested for like the last two months. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the team that cares get past those uh, and go through. It's going to take a lot for them. Um, they have the hardest run in of the three teams, uh, but. Man, the way they're running, it's not out of the question. They found a way to beat Udinese. I would not have said that that would be in the script. Uh, like, I, like I said before, if they somehow find a way to to stay stay in and stay in Syria, I'm going to buy Crotone jersey just for the hell of it, just because just because how how magical they are. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, it is something else. And even if they don't, even if they don't pull it off, what a what a run they've gone on here to try to uh, to try to pull off this fight. We had them dead. Uh, just a few months ago, and we even at the very beginning of this podcast series wondered if they even get ten points. Ten points. Um, huh? So here they are on thirty-one. They've over. They've more than tripled that. So uh, well played, Crotone, uh, and congratulations. Let's see. It's it's a it's a mountain bigger than anything the the uh, the Alps in Italy can offer. Uh, but let's see if you can climb it. Uh, more on this relegation race. Palermo one, Genoa nil. Uh, Palermo were playing spoilers and rotten hosts. Cazzotti la manna, poi altro colpo di testa e la manna col brivido e c'è il gol del Palermo col brivido. Lo avevo detto e ancora Rispoli sesto gol in campionato incredibile. In particular, uh, well, Andrea Rispoli headed the ball 
and uh, the goalkeeper for uh, for Genoa Lamana got his hands on it, but he backed into the goal to a point where the ball crossed the line. Yeah. You're in a relegation fight. How do you let that happen? <laughs> Thank goodness so, for goal line technology, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they caught it. They said goal. Um, I don't know if it was his momentum or, or what he was thinking at that particular moment, but it gave Palermo uh, a shock win. Uh, and Genoa, coming off a, a a great win over Inter last week, are now right back in this uh, relegation fight um, with with much to do. Uh, Richard, I, I I still think this is going to be done to Empoli and Crotone because Genoa and Torino is a battle of two teams who quit harder, and at least Genoa has a little something to play for. So I'm I'm on the I'm I'm on the Genoa bandwagon in that game against Torino next week, and I still think Genoa are going to get out of this on you know without an issue. But they better beat Torino this weekend. They don't want to leave it to having to go to the <laughs> yeah. Olimpico and have to play a Roma that are still probably fighting for an automatic Champions League spot. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting here for sure, but whew, we got a, we yep. got a good race going on here. So I'm actually, uh, it's, it's been good for the last, you know, month now. So it's even getting better now with a third team involved. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, again, the run-ins for all three of them are tough. It'll be interesting to see how it, uh, how it plays out. So, uh, Sampdoria won, Chievo won, scoring open in the 11th minute. Ma Sorrentino perde il pallone, non c'è fallo, Quagliarella a porta vuota, il gol dell'1-0 firmato Fabio Quagliarella. That old man Fabio Quagliarella giving Samp the lead, he's 60 years old. Um, and uh, one of those old men that we talked about that are uh, that are older than the uh, number of podcasts uh, World Football Index have had. Uh, <laughs> but then Bobby English joined the party. Buona per inglese che la mette giù in area di rigore, prova il diagonale! Roberto Inglese, il pareggio del Chievo in avvio di secondo tempo. That goal by Roberto Inglese saw the Flying Donkeys share the spoils. Not a whole lot to talk about with these two teams. Uh, each, each playing out the stretch at this point. Sampdoria hanging on to a top half finish. Chievo, you know, safe. These two probably could have played this game on a parking lot and no one would have cared. So, <laughs> um, just you get games like this down the stretch. So, uh, and then maybe the eye-opener here was Torino nil, Napoli 5. Uh, the Partenopei were in full peacock mode. What the hell is full peacock mode? You wrote this script, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That means it's showing off, man. Showing off oh. the colors. Oh, showing off the feathers when they get the... Yeah. Take my kid to the take my kids to the zoo. They they just, they just they're, they're freely allowed to wander around. They don't have <laughs> cages or anything like that. It just yeah. always... You you walk up to one of them and warm. Just don't go over by the lions or the tigers. You're you're food to them. Yeah, don't so, jump don't jump in the moat. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, a be- beautiful team goal after beautiful. I mean, this was classic Maurizio Sarri. Um, are we even going to have Lega Serie A? Ta- uh, how about this one? Per Cagliecone, meravigliosa! E c'è l'1-0 dell'Apoli con Cagliecon. That was by Jose Callejon. And how about this one? Mertens dietro e per Insigne 2-0 Napoli from Lorenzo Insigne and then this largo a sinistra centralmente c'è Insigne la sterzata di Mertens 3-0 e sono 25 i gol per il Belga dopo il poker dell'andata a colpire è sempre lui Mertens by Dries Mertens and that was just that was just some of the fantasia going on uh, there at Torino. 
Uh, Calihon would get his brace later. Piotr Zelinski rounding out the route. Um, Kalidou Koulibaly shutting down Andrea Belotti, uh, who saw Mertens equal him in the Capocannonieri race at 25. Um, Richard, Kalidou Koulibaly has shut down just about every top forward in this Capocannonieri race here down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, David Amoyal uh, tweeted it, and I think that uh, Andres and uh, Mateo uh, made mention of it on their uh, on their multi-calcio broadcast on DN Sports, um, which I did not know. And, and without that tweet, I would not have known that. And I think that just, you know, we kind of pick on Napoli for the defending, but, you know, you, you all the beautiful stuff they do going forward, imagine where would they be in the table without Khalidou Koulibaly? He's been fantastic player. And ever since coming back from the Africa Cup of Nations, um, he's been like a man possessed defensively. Um, he... He stepped up this year, as, as we've talked throughout the season. Um, but he's he's even picked it up even more. And you know, I did notice I did notice he you know he shut down um, one of the guys earlier, maybe a few weeks ago. But I didn't realize it was back to back to back weeks, and you know, culminating with uh, Belotti here. Uh, he's just shutting down guys left and right. I mean, he's a, he's a good defender. And if he only he had a, if he had a partner to help him out, um, Napoli would probably be even higher up in the table. Possibly. They may be still in the Champions League or would at least you know outlast the Real Madrid, maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he is uh he is the one sure rock that Napoli have defensively. Mm. Um We talked about this being vintage sorry. I mean, we can just pour over this all all over the place and uh you know Torino, um I mean I I saw Napoli's lineup and I said they're gonna hang at least three. Yep. Uh and, you know, I, it's what I put on Twitter when I saw the lineup. I said they're scoring at least three. This Torino team is, there's they're they're done. There's nothing to play for, and they've got two bad things going for them here. There's nothing to play for, and they have one of the worst defenses in the league. So, plus, I mean, you look at the plus look at the top half on, of the yeah. Go ahead. The top half of the table, the top ten teams. Torino has conceded sixty-one goals. Uh, the next one after that is fifty-one. Fiorentina. <laughs> I mean, wow. When it rains, it pours. And, uh, you know, somewhere in Manchester, England, Pep Guardiola was just pointing at the TV five times and saying, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, see, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and now... Claudio, I I rate Claudio and I rate Willie over this guy, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, they might be getting him back because I don't know if Torino wants him after that stinker. No, I I mean, I think I saw somewhere that Joe Hart says that he expects to go back to England, but he thinks his Manchester City days are done. He would like to do a permanent with a Premier League team. Um, this be, you know, that's for the EPL guys to discuss. So, um, you know, it's it's a shame. It would have been interesting to see how Torino would have been had they held on. It, you know, this team and the attackers, and if they figured out how to keep Glick and Maximovic, I think you're talking about a Torino team that's easily top six. Yeah. Um, I mean, just losing those two players have made that big a difference. You can throw all of the attackers and wingers, and you have Andrea Bellotti, who I'm not going to make a big deal out of his goal drought. I mean, it's been a few games since he's scored. He's popped up and scored a goal, um, I, because you know, and this has been talked about a few times. You know, he does so much that the stat sheet doesn't yeah. take note of. Yeah. That and and you know, I watched this game. I think he and one other player looked like they cared for Torino, and that was 
that was disappointing. It kind of reminds you of Inter. When you watch Inter, it looks like there are two players out there that care right now. Yeah. So it's sad. It's sad for the rest of the team because it's hurting them. You know. Yep. I mean, but you kind of get this t- towards the end of the season. You got guys that are thinking about their vacations or you know looking ahead to getting back with their national teams. Uh, you know, things of that nature, and uh, you know, it's just part of the process. So. Mihalovic had the worst seat in the house because he had to watch from the stands because he couldn't be at the sidelines. Oh swimming. gosh! Yeah, how he how he didn't jump off the how he didn't jump out of the box. Uh, <laughs> and, I think he I, th- I think he took part in uh, this is your Torino watching face. <laughs> <laughs> you you liked that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> and it also applied for this is your Inter watching face. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man. Um, so. Same storylines we're looking at at the table here. Uh, the the race for the title is still not interesting to me. Juventus will get those last three points. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Roma-Napoli is just a dogfight for that automatic Champions League place with the other getting the playoff. Um, sixth, nobody wants. And you've got the relegation fight, and that's really what we're keeping our eyes on at this point. And um, anything out of that or anything else on this uh, anything else on this table after 36 uh, match days that uh, – is getting your attention? Yeah, you know, Fiorentina is actually coming back into this. I mean, I wrote them off, and I know you did too, a while ago, and, and they're slowly back in this. They're only one point behind the, uh, Milan for that last Europa League spot. So uh, if if they somehow get that last spot, do they keep Souza or do they let him go and find someone else? That becomes a very tricky question. Whereas a few weeks ago, it was all certain that, you know, Souza's done. But yeah. if they somehow get that spot, what do you do then? Yeah, I mean, big game for them uh, Saturday at Napoli. Um, and then they close out hosting Pescara. So if they find a way to get something out of that out of the San Paolo, they are very much in this thing. Um, but sixth could be all but decided uh, this weekend if Fiorentina lose at Napoli and Milan win at home against Bologna. So, which are two, you know, according to the script scenarios, but... We had some things that we thought we had some things happen here on match week 36 that just didn't go by the script. So yeah. uh, you never know from week to week. You never know towards the end of the season. So uh, and then quick look at the Cabo Cagliari race. Jacko didn't play and still the leader on 27. Mertens, like you said, has caught Belotti in second at 25. Moro Icardi and Iguain are still at 24. Immobile still at 22. Uh, no movement from those guys. Boriolo still at 16. And Signe. Moved into a tie for seventh with Bordiolo at 16. Mm. Um, don't think we're getting a seventh player to 20 goals no. at this point. Um, Bordiolo seemed like the guy, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it could be Insigne, uh, yeah. but he'd have to go on a um, he'd, he'd have to go on an absolute run here over the space of two games, and don't see it happening. But uh, you know. I think the best thing that happened to Aiden Jekyll is one he got he, he didn't play and I, I don't know if it was a suspension was it a suspension that Jekyll was out. Um, yeah, I missed that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was it was curious to me that he wasn't in the team. Um, something I might have overlooked there, but uh, anyway, um, he's still two goals ahead. Bellotti doesn't look like he's scoring anytime soon. He gets to go to Genoa though and and put that right. So um, you know, and you've got Mertens who you know Napoli are going to certainly going to try to fight for to get into that Capocan and Yeti title as well. So, and then you've got Icardi and Iguain. I think Immobile is a little too far back, uh, you know, to do anything now. So it'll be interesting. 
what do you all think with two weeks left to go in the season? Uh, talk about it and give us some topics. Give us some things to talk about in future pods. At Syria, sit down on Twitter uh, or at Instagram and let us know your thoughts. Okay, uh, before we uh, get to a, we're going to do a quick preview of match week 37. Before we get to that, uh, you know, we've had great guests throughout this season, Richard, and we've had guys that, you know, know their Juventus and they know their Inter and they know their uh, uh, Roma, um, you know, you know, Udinese, Napoli, Fiorentina, um, yeah. Fiorentina. Um, you know, I think throughout the season, it's just been assumed that because you and I are on it and we are Milan supporters that we're not going to, you know, we really aren't going to go in depth about Milan because, you know, we're going to just talk about them all the time. But, you know, I think we've been pretty good about trying to be fair to every team this season. So we thought we could take this opportunity uh, to talk about Milan um, and kind of get into what's been going on there, uh, get into a little bit more detail, exchange some ideas. Um, but before we do that, we want to we want to talk about Milan as a city because there was news as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Inter are looking for a new coach. Stefano Pioli was sacked, and in a very disgusting way. Um, they announced it. They made the announcement with about five minutes left of Juventus's Champions League game against Monaco. <laughs> trying to sh- t- trying to take the take the love away from Juventus. Hey guys, hey guys! If we announce this now. Because everybody's all in euphoria over Juventus making the Champions League final. No one's gonna know. <laughs> God. Like they think they think that they think uh, Calcio fans are stupid or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's it's, it's just, cowardly. Yeah, it's cowardly. I you know, let the man see out the rest of the season. Who are you going to get with three games left? What are you going to do? You're gonna give a youth team coach a chance that you're not even gonna make your permanent manager at the beginning of the season? Have you ever thought, you know, when you think about it, Richard, have you ever thought of a worse time to sack a manager? No, that's got to be the worst time. I mean, they obviously don't want to be in the Europa League next year. They're, they they want to re- completely restructure and get rid of a lot of guys, apparently, because they have no... that. This shows me they care nothing about Europa League. They just want to see the season out. This will be their 10th manager since Mourinho, wow. whoever they hire. Um when Mourinho lifted the treble and then, you know, rode off into the sunset or rode off to well, sunset, sunrise, Madrid. <laughs> it's always, it's sunny there a lot. So, um, but, uh, 10th manager in the space that that's not big club mentality. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody thought, well, they're going to, they're going to go give Simeone a call. Cause it looks like he's running his course at Atletico Madrid. Well, we don't know about that yet because Atletico Madrid's going into a new stadium and they want, they've, Probably still wants Simeone to be the guy. So there's talk that since Sabatini is getting involved now, formerly of Roma, that he might lure Spalletti there. You know, chatting with a couple of people, they said that the relationship between Spalletti and, and Sabatini soured, you know, during Spalletti's second stint at Roma, kind of might explain why Sabatini got out of there um, yeah. or moved yeah. on. So. Who is the next manager at Inter, and why would they want this job? <laughs> That's a good question. Now, a lot, I know a lot of 
A lot of rumors were going around that uh, Antonio Conte was going to get the job, but uh, Chelsea quelled those rumors with giving him an extension, I believe it was. this Wasn't it yeah. today? Yeah, right? I think so. Uh, they made him yep. the richest manager in, in, in Premier League history or whatnot. Uh, so he's not going anywhere. He deserves it. And I wouldn't expect it. I wouldn't have... People kept saying this is going to happen. I said this is no way ever going to happen. And I've been we were in a couple of forums and people were saying, "Oh, this is guaranteed now that you know uh, Pirlo is going to get fired and Conte's going there." I'm like, "There's no way he's going there, and he won't." Um, who's going to fill in? Um, I don't know. I mean, Eusebio De Francesco is going to Roma, so that, that means Spalletti is going to be available. Could he do it? Yeah, there's been talk of that for but sure. You said, uh, but you said you know there's a, a soured relationship there, so I don't think that's going to work. But who else is going to be? I don't know. There's a big name out there that um, would fit that bill. Would it be Ranieri? Maybe. Would he want to go at it again? Maybe. That's possible. Um, but I don't know. It might just have to be one of the uh, managers. Maybe like um, Sampdoria's manager, Gianpaolo. Had Sampdoria just locked him up. Oh, did they? So uh, forget, yeah, forget for that, I think though. another three or four years. It's going to have to be so, a manager from one of the lower teams uh, that are they're going to take it because I don't see a quality manager other than maybe Ranieri being able to take over for Inter if it's an Italian coach at all. Maybe they go outside again. Maybe they go to the Netherlands again and not De Boer, but maybe they go maybe try to go for Thomas Tuchel or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? I don't or, know. Uh, and they're not going to dip into the Ajax well and go for Bosch. No. Uh, you know, so – it's it's I wish I could you know they're just so unpredictable in what they do each and every time and um it's uh it, it's just uh, they're a house of cards it's you know and as a fan of Italian football that is sad for me to see you know the 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 the, the Milan fan in me loves it but the Italian football fan in me wants to see cuz it 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 puts a higher profile on the Derby della Madonnina when both Milan and Inter are good. They have good backbones and they have good management and obviously good players. Um, you know, it's it's hard to you know see the rival struggling because you want to have them at their very best when you play them. So exactly, you know, but we don't know, you know. I thought Spalletti would, you know, I, I tried to make the Sabatini Spalletti link, and then a couple people told me, no, no, they don't, they may not be getting along too well. There's, you know, some stuff there at Roma, so who knows? Um, you know, Ciampaolo would be a nice fit, but he's extended at Sampdoria. It would take a lot of money for Inter to just buy him out of this contract at Sampdoria. Um, you know, so it's it's a it's a curiosity. It really what about, is. What about Donadoni? Uh, do you think he'd turn his back on AC Milan and do that? I don't. I don't know. I mean, no one thought Mihalovic was going to turn his back on Inter and go with Milan, and he did. So, I mean, it's possible. It's, I mean, if it's the money's right. I mean, I don't see it. I mean, just because of the Milan factor, but it could be. That I mean, could be possible. He's a he's a good manager who's in a lesser team. But yeah. like you said, there's that Milan Milan connection. Like I would never see Ancelotti going to Inter just because of that connection. The only current. Serie A manager that I could see potentially making the move to Inter that, and this will be, this is kind of, this is a shot in the dark because I think he has a loyalty to the club he's at is Simone Inzaghi at Lazio. Um, yeah. If he starts losing some of these guys, Keita Balde looks like he's gone this summer. Um, huh. You know, from, from all intents and purposes, if Milan don't get him, there's talk that Juventus is linked to him. 
Um, but there's a lot of interest in him right now. I think Immobile is going to stay at Lazio. Yeah. Uh, he, he'd be dumb to move on. Okay. Milinkovic Savic is garnering some attention. Stefan de Vries is, gra- is, is garnering some attention. Yes, he is. If this Lazio team starts to get blown up a little bit, Simone Inzaghi might not be too happy with it. You know, and if he and if Inter are going to present themselves as a buying club, you know, why wouldn't he want to be part of that project where he doesn't have to deal with a, you know, a European competition? He can he can build this thing in the vision that he wants to do it, um, you know, and 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 get Inter to be competitive again. Now that's a shot in the dark. I don't think he leaves Lazio, um, but that would be the that would be the one scenario that I would see. Um, uh, other than that. It's going to be hard to see who fills his position. I think if you know if it is Simeone, it's 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 easy because his name has been just connected for so long. But I just something tells me some Simeone's hanging around. At least one more year. At least one more yeah, year. Yeah, you know they get into their new stadium and kind of get things going. Um, I think Inter's back in this spot where they're going to get somebody and then they're going to hate him for a year and then they're going to gauge Simeone's interest. Then yeah, you know they're going to get back to doing exactly what they did with Pioli. So. Um, it's uh, but then again, we just we just joked about them here several minutes ago. Who the hell's in charge, and and we don't know what the hell they're doing. So it's just uh, it's just a strange one. So, um, but that's what's going on with Inter. Uh, they're back in search of a manager again. Uh, it's um, it will be their fourth manager in less than a year. Uh, that's you know making Palermo blush. Um, but uh, that's the, the state of what's going on uh, at the Nerazzurri. And, you know, we hope they all get it organized and figure it out quick because, you know, a good Inter just makes Italian, the, the, the Serie A better. So, um, but now to the Milan side, Richard. Finally, the good AC side. AC Milan, yes. So I uh, took the plunge and entered the world of blogging for World Football Index. Um and uh, my first edition uh, was I, I took inspiration from Milan Twitter uh, <laughs> from watching the Roma game. And I think there was one guy saying, I would only keep four guys on this team. And that just got me to thinking. Got you thinking, huh? Yeah, that just got me to thinking. I said, OK, well, this isn't FIFA. Uh, this isn't football manager. Or I don't even know if pro evolution soccer is still around anymore. It is. Is, is it? Okay. Um, you can't really, I mean, those are the only places you can really do that. You know, I mean, in the real world of football and, and contracts and uh, decision-making by, you know, backroom staff, you know, that's just not realistic. Yeah. You know, as fans, yeah, I, I, we would only want to keep four of these players. Um, but this is a, you know, this is going to be a process and a complete overhaul, even with new ownership and new funds and new money at AC Milan. I just don't see a, a complete massive overhaul or a mass exodus and a mass incoming happening uh, this summer. You know, so go ahead. Uh, so I was going to say, let's, you know, kind of in, in the vein of your article, let's go at position by position, meaning goalies, defenders. Go through it and you know go through about who you would keep and who you wouldn't, and I'll you know I'll let you know who I th- what I think because some of this is very I agree with a lot and some of these I don't. So and I'll I'll kind of go almost verbatim uh, to what I put in my piece. Okay. Uh, basically, and, and 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 for anybody that's interested in reading it, um, it's the Calcio Consultant new blog. 
uh, on World Football Index. You can go to worldfootballindex.com. You can search Calcio Consultant. But the very first piece is restructuring Milan, who to keep, who to sell, and who to buy. Um, and what I did was that I took the current existing first team uh, that, as shown on their website, as first team, uh, and broke it down by position, who, sh- who we should keep, we being Milan, who Milan should keep, uh, you know, who they should move on from, who they should buy, who they should loan out. You know, we just got detailed, went through every single, pl- every single player, Richard. I didn't just spit out some names and say, oh, these guys have got to go and we got to do everything we can to keep these guys and, <clears throat> or get into the pipe dream and say, yeah, we need to buy 15 new players because that's not, that's never going to happen. Yep. So, but let's start with goalkeepers. Okay. I said, Okay, the, the, the senior goalkeepers right now, the first-team goalkeepers, obviously Dononuma, uh, Alessandro Pizzari, and Marco Storari. Yep. Okay? Um, my call was, obviously, Donnarumma is going to be the face of this Milan, needs to be the face of this Milan, and they need to lock him up for a long time. They need to put incentives in his contract that he's going to be captain at some point in his career at Milan. Uh, you know, and all the bells and whistles. And if Mino Riola is going to play hardball and negotiate a percentage of a sale price for himself, he has done that. It's it's not out of the question with Mino Riola. He has done that enough, okay? And he has gotten fat off of that stuff, literally and figuratively. Um, So go ahead and please him. Um, But make sure that that number is reasonable. So clearly we're keeping Gonoluma. Plitsari, we can loan. He's another teenager. He's come up through the Milan youth system. Um, let him get some experience and loan him out. Now, we've got Marco Storari, who's 40. He's at the end of his contract at the end of June. Um, you know, we all have nightmares of the 2009 derby against Inter, the 4-0. Um, you know, it was part of an awful defense for Cagliari the first half of the season. But this is a professional who's been through the ringer for a very long time. And... I don't mind re-signing a three for one more year that can be a mentor to Donnarumma, okay, and then whoever the number two is. And my thought is Donnarumma stays, Storari stays at the three, Lona Plitsari, Gabriel's loan is done at uh, uh, Cagliari. Bring him back. He's the number two. What do you think? Um. I don't know about Gabriel. I don't. I'm not really a fan of him. I'm. I'm ready to, to see him leave let's, Milan. But let's remember. Let's remember. Whoever number two is never going to get on the pitch anyway. That's why. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to go with Storari as number two. Uh, Plizari, like you said, he should go loaned out because they actually said his potential actually might be, be- greater than Donnarumma, which is hard to believe. So let him get the game time experience because he's not going to play over Donnarumma right now. Um, so let yeah, definitely loan him out and have Storari as the second guy. And yeah. then, and then, if you have to get into emergency third third person as a as a third back, um, third goal goalkeeper. But I'm kind of done with Gabriel. You know, I think he needs also a move away from Milan, maybe so he can maybe he he can progress and get better. You know, than just be, just being a backup. So, uh, I mean, for the most part, I agree with this, 100. Yeah. percent I mean, it's going to be hard to attract somebody to say, "Hey, you're coming here to be a number two or a number three. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's part of the problem that you're going to have here. Um, you know, which is why the incentive, why it might make, be enticing to see if, you know, Gabrielle's willing to, to be the number two for a year. So that's going to be an interesting one. That's kind of where I fell in on it. Otherwise I think, you know, 
Donnarumma one, Sarari two, Pizzari three, and just you know don't fix what's not broken. Uh, you know, could be another way to go. Uh, it's going to be up to Sarari if he wants to stay another year, or if he's decided, hey, that's it. Right, right. I'm, for, I'm time to move on with my life. I'm 40 years old. Uh, or take up coaching, or maybe he can be the number three and take up coaching and get his badge at Cabrciano. Um, at the same time, so you know, just some just some theories on that. So now we move into the defenders. Now the def- the current defenders are uh, Ignacio Bate, Luca Antonelli, Matteo Decilio, Gustavo Gomez, Davide Calabria. Uh, Gabriel Paletta, Alessio Romagnoli, Lionel Vangioni, and Christian Zapata. Okay. Um, let's start with about uh, here. Here are the guys I'm going to keep. Okay. And then I'll give I'll I'll do the keep mo- and move on, and then I'll give you my rationale, and I'll see what you think. Uh, we keep Abate, Antonelli, Decilio, if we can. I know there's talk about him being sold. Uh, Gustavo Gomez, Romagnoli, Vangioni. Uh, I think Calabria needs to go on loan. And I think it's it's we're done with Gabriel Paletta and Christian Zapata. And I'll talk a little later about why I think we can move on from both of them. But anyway, Abate and Antonelli, they've been long-term injury casualties this season. So problem number one, you're not going to get anything for either of them if you wanted to move them. Um, but they're veterans. They've been in the dressing room long enough now. Uh, and they can give you a spot start here and there. And I think Abate could probably even play a little bit more than that still. Uh, you know. Fullback does need an upgrade. You know, we hope we can keep DeCilio and move him over to the right, which is a little bit more natural for him. Uh, some of that is buying a left back. I'll tell you who in a minute. It's not a real secret because the deal is almost done. Um, and then uh, and then this is where it'll get interesting. Romagnoli is obviously part of the foundation for the Milan of the future. He stays. So then you get to Gomez and Vangioni. And I said keep them both because they've just completed their first season. And I actually had this conversation with the Milan guys on their podcast uh, on YouTube. If you want to listen to that, go to the YouTube and talk to you know, go to YouTube and look up the Milan guys. It's podcast number three. Gomez is a very good defender in terms of his defending technique. He yep. tackles well. Yep. He wins aerials. He just hasn't adapted to the Italian game. The, the, the games, the appearance that he's gotten are very much evidence of that. This game against Atalanta was the first time where we've really seen signs of, I think he's getting it now. Okay, Vangioni had some nice starts uh, early on. He was pitiful against Roma, probably explained a lot why he didn't get a run out against Atalanta. Um, But again, another player that has some experience and can spot can spot start here and there. Um, Calabria is just out of his element at this level, or at least the level that Milan want to want to strive for. Um, I even said in my blog, Ivan Perisic toyed with him in the derby. Um, just toyed with him. Um, he's, he's not ready yet. Get him on loan. Let him go somewhere and play some other games. Now you've got Paletta and Zapata. I've made no secret my angst for Paletta on this podcast. And, uh, although I'm being wishful and saying, let's, you know, Milan can move on from him. Uh, Zapata is the one out of those two that I think you can actually get something for by selling him. He has the physical attributes of a defender that a newly promoted team might be willing to spend a, a few million on and take a chance on. Um, you know, case in point, Venezia, I'm just putting it out there. People in Zaghi might like them. Uh, so, so that's where I'm going with the defenders. I think our keepers are Abate, Antonelli, Decilio, Gomez, Romagnoli, Vangioni, Lona Calabria, 
and uh, say thanks for playing to Paletta and Zapata. What do you say? I was going to say keep Paletta and Zapata and get rid of Romagnoli. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> calm down. Calm down, everyone. What are you, an inter- <laughs> you're, an in- you're an Inter fan at heart. <laughs> no, so, okay, look at this list. Um, this is probably where I, I disagree the most, or the only time I really disagree with you. I'm actually sick of Abate. I'm ready to move on from him. I've I've been ever since his debacle against Inter several years ago. I've been done with him. Um, Antonelli, I I can go either way. I can keep him. I can see keeping him. Um, though he shouldn't get the playing time. I'd rather see Deschelio if we keep him on the left, or you know put on the right if we do get this other left left uh, left back that that is rumored that we have signed. Um, and I like to see Calabria actually stay because I I think he has potential. He yes, uh, he got embarrassed this season, but he's young. Uh, he's he can only learn from that. Um, I like to keep Calabria. Gustavo Gomez, I think it is him and um, Vanjoni for sure. Keep them. It's their first season. Gomez, I've seen him for play for Paraguay, and he's he's actually really good at defense, like you were saying. Um, he just needs to learn the Italian game, and he got he had glimpses, like you said, against Atalanta. It looks like he's starting yeah. to get it. Um, so maybe this three-five-two formation will actually help him, you know, get uh, into the into the Italian game much quicker. Um, and obviously Romagnoli, he's gonna he's gonna be the the stalwart back there. Um, I definitely agree with you, hundred percent. Paletta and Zapata, just get him out of here, get him out yeah. of here, and get some quality. You need they need Milan need a quality central defender to pair up with Romagnoli. And if you're gonna go with the three-back system, find at least one more guy so you can have Gomez on the right and Romagnoli on the left or center. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're in the camp of Abate goes, Calabria stays. I'm in the camp of Abate stays, Calabria loaned out. And other yeah. than that, we're, we're pretty much in line. Yeah. Um, I, the problem, a couple things with Abate. First of all, he's had the captain's armband on. So there's a, there's some respect for him in that dressing room. Eh. Uh, <laughs> I agree, but yeah, yeah I don't, like I know. <laughs> I mean, but you're not putting that captain's armband on for nothing. I mean, yeah, he's not yeah, getting it yeah. by default or anything like that. Right. Um, Secondly, and we're gonna. There's another player that's in this position that we're gonna talk about here shortly when we get to the midfielders. You know, he's been injured for a pretty long spell here. Um, yeah. And you know, not as long as Montalivo, but he's been injured for a pretty long spell. Hard to get something for a guy who's coming off an injury when the buying team isn't sure what they're getting. You know, um, he's got two years left. I agree with you that there will be a time where Milan will need to move on from Abate. I just don't think this season will be it. Um, I think he's going to be in the team for 2017, 2018, show he's fit, give him some games, show that he, he can still, he can still bring it to an extent. And then with one, one year left on his deal, um, which is the magic time to sell a player. That's when I think that they'll make, that's when I think they'll move on from him. So, I mean, I agree in part that Abate's done, but I just, I, I, I see him getting one more season. So, you know, the Fasoni and Mirabelli might say I'm wrong and, it's their job, not mine. <laughs> it's yeah, for me exactly. to, just, to just speculate. So, okay. So we're, we're close. We just, you know, Abate, Calabria, we kind of flip-flop there. Yeah. All right. Uh, midfielders. I'm saying we keep Andrea Bertolacci, Jack Bonaventura, Manuel Locatelli, Ricardo Montalivo, Mario Pasalic, Andrea Poli, and Jose Sosa. Uh, we move on from Mati, Keisuke uh, Honda, and Juraj Kuchka. Now, this is where I got some debate from some comments and a couple people on Twitter, but um, first of all, let me explain something about Bertolacci and why I'm saying we're keeping him. Okay. Milan invested a lot of money in him and he's play he's been plagued by injuries, which is why he has not really been able to show what he could, you know, show what he did at Genoa to even warrant 
um, the transfer fee and the contract. Okay. When you spend that much money on a player, you know, unless you're Manchester city or PSG or, you know, these clubs that just have endless resources, you know, that, that are okay with just dumping them. Um, if you're in a position like AC Milan, even with new ownership and with new funds, money, there was an investment made in this kid. I think they still want to see if they've got something in them. So I see one more year for him. Um, I think another one that was highlighted, I mean, Bonaventura, Locatelli, no-brainers. Um, Montalivo, I mean, we, we talked about the leadership that is clearly evident and resonated with the team after his injury, you know, and some of the examples of that. Um, you know, and when Yang scored, putting up the Montalivo jersey in the Kievo game earlier in the season, uh, that they allowed Montalivo on to lift the Supercopa uh, when they won it. That, the combination of the significant injury that he had out for a long period of time and the fact that he's 32, what are you going to get for him? Um, I see him being like the later stages of Ambrosini's career where he was the Milan captain but was a rotation guy. I see that for Montalivo. Um, he's not going to, you know, I don't, I don't see a scenario where he plays every day, although Montella seems to like him because he's trying to find a way to get him out back out there as fast as possible. Um, but I think he's a, I think he's a rotation guy and I think he's a captain in the mold that Ambrosini was captain in Ambrosini's final seasons. Um, I think I read somewhere that Fasoni said that they don't plan on keeping any of the loanies, but if they try to keep one, it should be Pasolich. I think he has a lot to offer. Um, he's shown some jitters in some big games, but he's also grown into those games and performed well. Um, Poli, you're going to get nothing for. And he's got one year left anyway. Keep him another season. I mean, if the rumors are true that Mihailovic would take him off our hands, then you can almost, you might even be able to release him from his contract. But for intents and purposes, if no one's getting released from their contract, then there's really no, I mean, no one's going to, there's not going to be a buyer for Andrea Poli. Uh, and the same thing with Jose Sosa. He's later on in his career. He had some flashes and had some decent games that lead me to believe that he can be a rotation guy. Um, Mati. Just injured way too often. Um, just hasn't been able to stay fit. Honda's already out. Probably going to be an MLS uh, by the end of the summer. And then Kuchka, there are games where you can praise him, but there are games where it's a it's a head-scratcher with him. I mean, obviously he was forced into a position that he doesn't normally play yesterday, but I he's on the wrong side of 30. And, you know, he's he, he he's the kind of guy that, He's a midfield enforcer, but he relied on the timing of his tackling. But as he gets older, that timing is going to get off more and more. And he's going to get carded more often than he's going to win tackles. So that's my breakdown of the midfield. What? How, how does yours look? Uh, Bertolacci, I, I agree with you there. You know, there was he's been invested in, and I think there's a lot more to him if he can get you know stay healthy. That's the big key with him. Um, Jack Bonaventura, I think he's the next Milan captain should, should or when Montaliva goes on. Um, I think Motoliva should stay, like you said, um, unless he wants to go on his own and ask for a move. I say keep Motoliva just because there's so much respect for him. Um, as you pointed out, all throughout the season, the guys have sh- you know have shown that they're, they're all behind him 100%. So that can only be good for the team if you keep him. Uh, Locatelli, it's a no-brainer. Keep him. He's he's still learning, but uh, he has he's shown glimpses you know, against like Juventus. That he uh, could be a fantastic player for the future. Pasalic, if 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 you can buy him, buy him. I say, uh, Poli, I'd get rid of Poli. I'm not in for the money. 
I just say get rid of him. I don't care about. There's no money involved. Sosa, I'm. I can. I was. I was debating with him and Kuchka who I'd rather see go. I'm kind of agreeing with you, but Kuchka because he's more unpredictable. He's had the games where he single-handedly beat Inter. You know, last year, the year before. Um, but then other times where he just loses his head and you go down a player just because he he's not smart enough to you know know better. So I could see leaving having Kuchka out and keeping Souza in. I actually like Matty Fernandez, and I was you know I I thought if he can stay healthy too, he'd be a good addition for the on, off the bench. Um, Honda he's he's had to go since he since he came to Milan. He's just done nothing. Milan should have signed him five years ago, not you know when they did. So he was brought in to sell jerseys. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a sad thing to say, but that's the reality of it. He used to be so. really good back you know when his early days at Seska Moscow, but uh, that was, yep. they waited way too long for him. So yep. I pretty much agree yep. with you on this. All right, I mean, so but you're 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 saying keep Kuchka, move on from Poli, and that's kind of the only difference that we have on ours. Yeah. So okay, all right. I just Mati. I think, like I said, I think the Lonies, none of them are going to get re-signed or going to be signed to a perm. So, um, you know, so I think that, you know, and in, in in this case, that you know, if like I said, if there's one Loney out of the four that they should keep, it should be Pasolich. Um, but We'll see what happens there. All right, and we move on to the attackers. I say keep Gianluca Lapadula and Suzo. Uh, Lone Patrick Cutrone and move on from Carlos Baca, Gerard De Lufeu, and Lucas Ocampos. Um, this for me, Richard, is pretty straightforward. Um, although this is going to be the area of need that Milan are going to have to address in the summer. Um, I think Suso has proven himself. You know, it certainly is. As he's gone, the team has gone in terms of attack and creating goal scoring chances. The problem is, is there isn't a 25 goal score striker. Right. You know, there isn't a 25 goal striker on this team. Carlos Baca is not a 25 goal striker. He isn't anymore. Um, Lapadula is not a 20. You know, he had a nice season in Serie B at Pescara. Serie A is a whole different animal. Um, So. I think Lapadula can be a depth guy. Uh, there are obviously some pretty high-profile strikers being linked to the to the San Siro for next season, so he's going to be one of these guys that that you have as a uh, a spot starter, can play in a Copa game and things like that. Suso, you extend. Um, Cutrone, young player, a lot of promise. Loan him out, let him get games. Um, the problem with Baca is he's 31 and there's still three years left on his deal. I still think that he can be moved on from because I think. He still scores goals at a reasonable enough clip that a lower level team would be willing to take a shot at him. I don't think he's moving on to a European team um, if he if if and when he moves on. But I think that you know he could end up going back to Spain, for example, um, a place where he'd fit perfectly as Las Palmas. Um, maybe with even some Sevilla. of the guys that they <laughs> yeah maybe even or maybe even return to Sevilla. Sure. And De Lufeu and Ocampos are lonies. And De Lufeu started brightly, but he's a one-trick pony. Um, you know, and he's proven that over and over again. And Ocampos just really hasn't been able to, you know, he's been hyped ever since he was at Monaco, and he just hasn't gotten there yet. So I just don't see these loan deals turning into permanent ones. What are your thoughts on the attackers? I'm pretty much in agreement here. I mean, Baca, you need to move on from him. He shows much less heart than Lapadula when they're on the pitch. Um, Lapadula, while he's not scoring, he's giving his all, and you could tell he runs himself tired. If he starts a game, he he's usually dead by the 65th minute because he's, you know, used up so much energy. 
Baca doesn't seem like he cares. He just wait. He he's just opportunistic, and when he gets his chance, he'll he'll finish it. But you know, he causes a lot of problems too by not back. You know, getting back and helping defensively. De La Feu, yeah, he started out bright, like you said, but um, he's just he he's a one trick pony. I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, he plays. They said his best side, his right wing side. I think he's actually played worse when he's played on the right wing. Um, you leave De La, you should leave Suzo on the right wing and you know find a left winger. Um, yep. But the only thing I, the only thing I would change is I think Cutrone should stay with Milan. Um, and next season, you know, if they do make Europa League, he they put him in the Coppa Italia games, get him some experience there. Um, you know, he said he's he's a big fan of Lapadulo, so maybe he could learn from him. Um, how the work ethic, especially, um, in practices, and then that'll only help him in his development. And then if you know if he needs more game time, maybe say next season if he's not starting by then or close to starting then you let him up for a little bit more experience that's yep. the thing i otherwise i agree 100 percent. yep um so with that in mind since we're since we're unified on that let's move on to who i had for um how to build it um so we've got 10 players we're trying to replace neil and are trying to replace and you know three of the spots we can three of the spots we can go ahead and fill uh, Gabriel, we, I, Gabriel, I talked about, and I know you didn't, you don't agree with that, but, um, looking at the players that Milan have loaned out, I, I could see two of them coming back and being in the first team, uh, regularly next season. Uh, Gianmarco Zigoni, um, yes. having a nice little loan spell at Spal. Yes. Uh, prior to this weekend's game, nine goals in 34 appearances. Uh, he can certainly be, re- he can certainly be brought in, relied on for squad depth. I think he's earned his opportunity to be a regular in the Milan first team. He will not start. Um, but somebody that, uh, you know, somebody that you can have for depth, uh, you know, at the striker position. Um, the other player that I would, uh, not, you know, you know, after his loan spell, make him, uh, part of the Milan squad is Jose Mari. Um, he's talented and, uh, you know, loaned out to Empoli and he got 14 appearances. Um, he's been okay. Um, you know, he hasn't. He hasn't lit, he hasn't set the world on fire, but you know if he's only getting 14 appearances for Empoli, it's not that he's not good enough for Empoli. It's that why are, why are we wasting loaning why are, why are Milan wasting loaning him out if they're not going uh, to play him? You know, just if he's going to sit on the bench, have him sit on the Milan bench where he could possibly be of use here down the road. Yeah. So, any quick thoughts on the guys coming back? Anybody that Milan have out on loan that you would like to see be in the squad next season? That I didn't, I, I, I looked at that one pretty thoroughly, and those were the only guys that I could think of yeah. that I would want to see. No, as far as that, no. I mean, there's some youngsters that I'm looking at that, uh, you know, potentially could be on the team down the road. You know, Kutrone is one yep. of them. El Halal or Halali, whatever his name is, uh, mm-hmm. he's, an, he's another one there. Um, so they're, they got some youngsters there, Plizzari also. Uh, but no. I you know I think they should you know definitely start looking for players to buy to replace some of the players some of the the holes that they have um you know do we want to name the the left back that's been mentioned with Milan very uh, heavily in the last week or so Yeah let's start talking about all of the ones that I think are uh you know they're linked and 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 all could reasonably be in a Milan shirt next season especially if they qualify for the Europa League Yes um and let's start with the one we've been you know and Teasing. We're not keeping any secrets. Teasing. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows Ricardo Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, it looks like it's a done deal. 
um, and that the I's will be dotted and the T's will be crossed here before the season even ends. Boy, it's going to be nice to see a left back with some quality. Big upgrade, uh, big upgrade. This is a huge upgrade, um, and, and, and Milan will already improve their team just by adding him. Um, but they've got money to spend, so let's, uh, let's dive into this. Here's who I suggested that I think could get added here in the summer and, and, and could reasonably round out this squad. Matteo Musacchio from Villarreal. He was yes. heavily linked last season. Yes. He's back in the picture this year. He and Romagnoli together as a center back pairing, if they go to the if they do the four four two, would be a very very nice pairing to have. Um, and if we're getting rid of Paletta and Zapata, Stefan De Vries from Lazio, his name has been bounced around. It's not out of the question. Um, I don't know if they could get be, both De Vries and Musacchio though. But I mean, yeah. if it's if it's possible, hey, I'd say get them because De Vries is a very good uh, defender as well. Um, a couple of other names. Luis Gustavo has kind of been it's, – it, it, it's a quieter name, uh, but it's been out there. He gets the job done. He does. He gets the job done. Great, solid box-to-box guy. His contract with Wolfsburg is up in June 2018. Um, and at his age and at his level of experience, you could get him for a bargain. Yeah. Um, I think you could get him for maybe less than 10, um, you know, 10 million. So um, that's at least what my understanding from a couple of the reports that I read. Uh, solid box to box guy, um, you know, and, and, uh, would be a keen asset, you know, him and Frank Cassier of, uh, Atalanta. Absolutely. Um, the talk is, is that he was set for Roma, but he's done an about face and he wants to join Milan. I want to say that one of the Milan Twitter guys suggested that, uh, one of his Atalanta teammates even asked him where he's playing next season. And he said Milan, but. I can't validate that, yeah. so it's not from a reliable source. It's but I'd just, love to have him. I'd love to have him. He's a fantastic player. Like I said, he Skills. plays every game. He comes to Milan and plays every game like he played yesterday. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Sticking to the Atalanta theme, Papu Gomez, uh, mm. Mirabelli's very interested in him. Rightly so. I don't know. I think he's... I think he may... I think he's found his peak at Atalanta. I, like Immobile, I think he should stay at the club he's at. Um, I, I, I love Papu Gomez, but... Um, I mean, I guess he would contribute because he could play in the left wing because we don't need Delafeo and Papa Gomez contribute a lot more than Delafeo can. Well, you're also going to have Jack coming back too. This is true. Um, but Jack, and, uh, putting Jack in the fact- middle, putting Jack in the middle in the left would probably better suit him than in the front because I think that's a little bit out of his element. He's uh, yep. he, he's a good link between the defense and the attack. Jack playing yep. in the middle there, so yep. Papa Gomez up up top would be would be better. Yep. And then finally, a 25-goal striker. Hmm. They need one. They've got to get be? one. Who could that be? Um, the Italian in me says Andrea Bellotti. You've yes. seen hashtag Bellotti Milan uh, come up a lot on Twitter, which would be nice. Um, Alvaro Marata would not be a horrible consolation, and his name has been discussed. Um, yep, yep. You know, he's got experience playing in Syria. He has scored goals in Syria. You know, if they don't get Pelotti, and they end up getting Morata, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to throw out a name. He's not a 25-goal scorer. He'd be a good complement to a 25-goal scorer, and that would be Diego Falcinelli. Now, I know he's on loan out from, what is it? Uh, is it on loan from Juventus? Who I don't know he? if it's Juventus. It's one of the big teams. Though. Yeah, it's one of the big teams, though, but I would I would love to see him in a Milan jersey. It's very unlikely it's going to happen, but that's just me being... Me, <laughs> bright spot, bright spot for Crotoni. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but you know, if they, if they, I mean, one of these two guys would be a coup. Uh, it's going to come down to money. I know that there was talk that um, Torino officials actually were meeting with Mirabelli and Han Lee was sitting in on this uh, during the week. I don't know how much truth there is to this, or you know, if maybe they just got together to just you know shoot the breeze or, or yeah. what it was and. I think that there were some other names. There was also another story that Belotti's name wasn't being discussed in this, but guys like Zappacosta and Baselli, um, uh, yeah. you know, but Kuchka, Poli, you know, like some of the Milan guys could be going to Torino, some weird, crazy swap. I don't know, but that's a, <laughs> you no, know. I, I know we're near, talking. Near, I, I, I was going to say, I know we're talking about Milan here, but you know who, who would be a good replacement for Joe Hart at Torino? I've been thinking it was Skorupski. He doesn't want yeah. to. Go to he doesn't want to go to Roma. He's a very fantastic goalkeeper. He could, he would be good at Torino. They need a yeah. they need a good goaltender. Anyway, back to Milan. Yeah, back to Milan. So that's the suggested list that I put together, and that wasn't me saying pipe dream. These are who I want. This is like based on who's linked. So and, and there's some other names. Reasonable, you know. Yeah, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang has been linked. Nicola Collins is being linked. Kate Baldi's been linked. So mm, Kate um, be interesting. Yep. So in the end, okay, so all of this new talent coming. Now this other Now let's get to the manager, Vincenzo Montella. There's mixed he's gone from being like the savior of Milan to now there's all of a sudden mixed opinion among Milanisti. Interesting. I think I think he gets another season. He You've got to give him another season. He deserves it. Yes. He has made chicken salad out of chicken shit this year. I mean, there's no other way to I mean, you you look at this is not a team that should be in the top 6. No. When you look at Inter's roster, when you look at Fiorentina's roster, you look at the talent on Torino yep. and Sampdoria. You know, he has done well with what he's had to work with everywhere he's gone. He deserves the opportunity to work with a strengthened squad to see where he's at. Gave there the youth comments, a chance. Gave the youth a chance. Yep, gave the youth a chance. There were some comments on my blog saying that he's not a top-rate manager. I said, you're not going to get a top, you know, you may not get a top-rate manager to come here. Who's available? I don't want Roberto Mancini. Um, so... You know, it's so he's earned the opportunity to work with a strengthened squad and to see what he can do. This could be the next great Italian tactician coming in through the ranks. Yep. You want to preserve it. You don't want to do to him what was done to Allegri. So, um, you know, it's just uh, and that's the that's the line that you walk. So that's where we that's where I fall in on it. Again, you can go to worldfootballindex.com, look for the Calcio consultant, restructuring Milan, give it a read. Tell me what you think. Tell me if I'm tell me if I'm right, tell me if I'm nuts. Um, either way, just I'd you know appreciate you giving it a look and uh, I will do the best I can to make this a regular uh, a regular thing, Richard. So, um, uh, I was surprised at the interest that it got after I wrote it. So, uh, We'll uh, so we'll try to uh, try to make this a regular thing, just something that's off the podcast. Hopefully, bring more people to the pod too. So you never know. Um, but uh, thoughts on this Milan team, Richard, uh, with where we're at and how we're feeling about some of these guys, and and kind of our Milan wish list and our extensive Milan discussion. No, I'm pretty much in agreement with you uh, all around. Yep. So um, and hopefully there is some good good purchases coming here, not just off the wall. Oh, you know, pipe dream type BS that's been done in the past. It's just the last five years or so. Uh, let's get some quality players, teams that players that'll fit the fit the, fit the scheme, not just people just to buy. Agreed, agreed. Um, and it'll be uh, interesting. We've kind of laid down a little bit of a blueprint, but we'll see what uh, Mrs. Lee, Fassoni, and Mirabelli end up actually doing. 
And with that, we'll uh, put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit-Down. Once again, World Football Index, congratulations from us on reaching your 500th podcast. Glad that we are part of your network of uh, soccer podcasts. And uh, let's do a social media check. Richard, where can they find you? At R underscore Carmen. That's K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Right. And I'm at FTC underscore 21. Uh, you can go to at Syria sit down on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, give your thoughts there. Um, uh, we've got the blog now, del- uh, worldfootballindex.com. Search for the Calcio Consultant. Uh, try to have another one up later this week, time, time permitting. Um, and then uh, programming, programming note, uh, I get my turn at 11 Pieces of Me, um, which will uh, be recorded uh, this Friday with Gavin Haverty from the Sound of La Liga podcast. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yep. So uh, pretty excited about this. My team is set. Uh, my 11 is set. I, I, I gave this a pretty massive think, and I'm looking forward to— uh, Don't spill the beans. No, no, you're going to have to listen to the pod. I'm not, I'm not spilling anything here. So, um, but uh, and I believe Richard, you're you're going to be coming up on one shortly after me, right? The week after, yes. Okay, so uh, do check those out when they do appear. Um, you know, and uh, we'll give you your thoughts on who our uh, favorite eleven is, and uh, have a nice, uh, nice discussion about it. So, uh, certainly looking forward to doing that. Um, uh, be on the lookout for more from us. We will uh, we'll have another podcast next week. Maybe by now, uh, Juventus. Maybe by next week, Juventus will have the title wrapped up. We'll know who the Coppa Italia winner is. Uh, we'll have a little more clarity on some of these races that have yet to be finished up. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao.